If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Motorcast, the official Motorhead podcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer of UK thrash metal band Acid Rain. Uh, You may also know me by my podcast, Talking Bollocks, where I interview the good and the great of heavy metal. You'll see my name is highlighted in the description of wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just click on that. It's a link to over a 100 interviews that I have done. But here I am your host, your guide through the world of all things Motorhead. I am working here in this virtual museum of interviews that we have put together um, well over a year now, coming up to, I think, 30 episodes, and there is still more to come. And thank you so much for the support. You all seem to be enjoying it. Thank you. Welcome back if you're a regular listener, and welcome for the first time. If you're not, get cracking. There's plenty to go at. So best thing you can do is subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you're listening to this. Click the button marked subscribed and that will make sure that you get a new episode in your player every two weeks. There's also an absolutely awesome first time ever Greatest Hits album from Motorhead. And when I say first time ever, I mean the first career-spanning very best of Motorhead. Everything louder forever. Surely you've got it already. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i assuming you've already got it. But if you haven't, be on the lookout. It's the definitive collection of their loudest anthems. And it's out on deluxe fold-out quadruple LP. You heard that right. Gatefold double LP. Two CD as well as streaming and Sony 3D spatial audio. Now, I did make a promise and I am a man of my word. I said I was going to find out what spatial audio was, especially seeing as how I've been talking about it all this time. Well, it's uh, a format that supports uh, Dolby Atmos and it's, it's basically revolutionary, I'm told, immersive audio experience that enables artists to mix music so the sound comes from all around and from above by default. So when you play it, it will all automatically play Dolby Atmos tracks and they will basically sound amazing. The word there is immersive. So there you go. And if I sounded like I was reading that, it's because I was. As always, we've got an exciting guest who's got tales to tell all about Motorhead. So now it's over to myself and Smell from Segregates having a chat not long ago. First off, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, not at all. And thanks for reaching out. I keep saying to people, you know, get in contact with your, with your motorhead stories. And you dropped a message hinting at various stories. But, but yeah. I wanted to start where I always start, which is how did you first discover motorhead? Well, I've got a rock and roll uncle, right? And when I was a kid, um, could never afford any like buying cassettes or anything like that, or uh, certainly CDs. Uh, so I used to go around to his house every weekend and make tapes of his CD collection. Right. And then right. one day he gave me the actual Overkill, the original cassette, and uh, that was how I first heard it. But it like didn't properly kick in. I got like further into punk, um, and then grew up into like a delinquent punk rocker bands playing in bands and all this sort of stuff um but uh 
I suppose it was like 2005. I started like, I've rediscovered that overkill tape and I thought, what the fuck? This is incredible. You know what I mean? This is better than anything <laughs> else that I'm listening to. Um, that, and it went from there, you know. That's uh, that, that's kind of interesting because because punk, punk comes up quite a lot in, you know, in, in discussions about Motet. I mean, we had Harley Flanagan on here, you know, very yeah, recently. I've interviewed him, yeah. And yeah. um and you know it, it's the it it gets back to that whole thing again about Motorhead just being a genre of its own. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I would say Motorhead's got more in common with punk than uh, than heavy metal, um, because uh, the way I see it is punk rock is like more of an attitude. You know what I mean? If you look at like those early uh, punk rock bands, they were all pretty different. So. This whole thing of do they sound punk or not? I don't think that really, it, because punk, all the bands are so different anyway. You know what I mean? It's yeah. more the attitude of it, and the attitude of Motorhead. If that's not a punk rock attitude, I don't, I don't know what fucking is. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a lot of the heavy metal at that time are all parading around in spandex and whatnot, and it's like, can you see Lemmy in a little? Uh, <laughs> leotard, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that's the way I see it anyway. And so, certainly with, with our band, you know what I mean? With Segregates, like, we're a punk band. But we uh, unashamedly rip off Motorhead. <laughs> but it's like everyone's ripping off somebody, right? So we're just ripping off the best fucking punk band there is. You know what I mean? And we right. don't lie about it. <laughs> right. And that, that is, that's awesome. That is, that is absolutely awesome. And, um, so look, you mentioned um, you mentioned in the original message that um, you ended up you ended up um, getting a pass and and, and following uh, a couple of tours. So how yeah. how how did that come about? Well, um, what happened was right. So I, I was into Motorhead, but like I said, I was involved in the punk scene, and um, in the punk scene. <laughs> you turn your nose up at any gig that's over five quid. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> when the UK subs are playing in town, you know, down the road for you, like, which seemed like every other week for a fiver, going off to see Motorhead somewhere for like 25 quid was like fucking unspeakable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our kid, my, my kid brother, who I, he like, we both got into sort of rock and roll, metal, punk or whatever, but he went more the metal way. He started going to see Motorhead and he was saying, what the fuck are you doing? You need to come see Motorhead. So I didn't go for ages. And then in 2009, I finally went. And uh, I think I was, I've got this book here, this uh, On the Road, Keepers on the Road, that Alan Burge did. And it's got all the dates and stuff. And I was just looking through it and I was trying to think what my first gig was. And I think it was, it was either Leeds or Manchester 2009. But I did that first gig and I was like, what? what have I been doing? What, I mean? <laughs> what have I been doing? Why haven't I been watching these for fucking years? You know, because, because you're a typical Yorkshireman, you're tight. 25 quid <laughs> was a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, immediately after that first gig, I, I came back home. Um, I think we stayed in Manchester, me and I last went and then came back home and I immediately booked um, tickets for uh, Hammersmith. We went to Hammersmith. Wow. And uh, I, I went with my mate to Hammersmith. We got the tickets. We had nowhere to stay and we had no plan. We ended up sleeping in the doorway of King's Cross Station after the show. Classy. Yeah, in November. <laughs> oh. Fucking, yeah, not good. Um, oh. And then from then on, I was like, right, 
I need to make up for lost time here. You know what I mean? Lemmy's in his 60s. This ain't going to go on forever. So the following year, I think I did five shows uh, and I started, um, I met Alan Hungerford, who was Lemmy's PA. Yeah. Who, I think he, he runs Bloodstock Festival now. But he was Lemmy's PA at the time. And um, we were hanging around outside the, uh, the O2 in Leeds, you know, waiting for Lemmy to turn up before the gig, this particular gig in 2010. And uh, I had, you know, a big bag of records to get signed. And it, Lemmy's bus pulls in, Alan Hungerford gets off, and there's like me and the original Segregates guitarist. And then down the way, there was a little bit, I think they were like mainly like, you know what I mean, autograph hunters that get stuff and sell it on eBay or whatever. Um, anyway, Alan Hungerford came off the bus and he said, right, lads, Lemmy's getting off the bus, but it's fucking freezing. He's an old fella. He can't be hanging around out here. If you leave him alone, just let him get inside. I'll come and get the records and get him signed for you. So I was like, no problem. So we, you know, Lemmy got off. And of course we were like, fucking hell, it's Lemmy. But we left him alone. You know what I mean? He went in. But the other guys that were waiting down the way, they all started fucking pestering him. Right. Alan Hungerford went fucking berserk. He was like, fucking told you cunts, you get nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> and anyway, so they all fucked off and, Alan Hungerford came back out a bit later, took all my records, got them signed. And I said to him, you know, what's the chance of, you know, actually meeting Lem after the show? He goes, uh, come come to this door after the show and we'll see what can be done. So anyway, I watched the show, go to the door. Alan comes out, you know, and he goes, I'm sorry, Matt, it's not going to happen tonight. You're doing any more shows? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to London and Brighton next. And he goes, well, I can't do London, but I'll, I'll sort you a pass out for Brighton you know, an after show, a couple Brilliant. of after show passes. So I got them. Um, and then from then on, I was like, kind of not in, no one, you know what I mean? I've never ever mm. take it for granted, but because of, because I sort of like, I was sort of respectful, you know, when Alan says, you know, yeah. leave him alone or whatever, yeah. I wasn't behaving like a dick yes. um, for once in my life. Um, <laughs> Alan sort of helped me out. And then in 2011, I, you know, he put a word in for me with Todd Singerman and I got a, um, a tour laminate. So I think I did seven or eight shows, 2011. Um, and then uh, I wrote like a little tour diary blog thing uh, about the chaos of following Motorhead around for those shows. Yeah. And uh, the following year, I got in touch with Todd Singerman and I said, you know, thinking about doing the entire 2012 tour, all 20 shows, UK and Europe. Wow, um, right, okay. And he said, well, yeah, he goes, uh, well, you know, he sorted me out a laminate and he, and Elliot, the original Segregates guitarist, gave him a laminate as well, so both of us had them. And um, uh, he, he, well, he offered me a book deal kind of thing to, to uh, write a book about what it's like to follow Motorhead on the road. Right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so then 2012, I did the entire, all 10 shows in the UK, 10 shows in Europe, one month following Motorhead, one day sober out of that month. <laughs> and uh, probably quite a few years knocked off the life, um, hearing damaged forever. Uh, yeah. Debt that took me a long time to get out of. <laughs> Uh, but some uh, hazy but quality memories as well, you know. Yeah, but I mean, that what you're, you know, what you're describing is people are going to be listening to this. You know, they're going to be like, dude, it was worth it. 
Oh, it was fucking worth it. It was incredible. It was the best month of my life. It was, um, in some respects, it was fucking hard work, you know? Yeah. Um, doing 30, 30, you know, 30 days on the road. Obviously, there were days off and things like that. But, I mean, it was just fucking, it was mental. We, we had this little van. We rented this little van. It was like a Toyota High Ace. It was like a people carrier. But they converted it into where you could put the seats down and have a little bit of a bed. It was fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and we were sort of like kipping in that in November in like car parts and stuff. And then uh, obviously around Europe, the drives were insane and stuff. So it was a lot of hard work that went into it. But it was mainly chaos of just drinking and getting into trouble and um, and watching the greatest band of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, even at the end of it, our last show was um, Berlin. It was that one that's just come out recently. Um, yeah. I can't remember what the fucking thing's called now. Um, what is it? Louder than everything. Oh yeah, louder than louder than noise. That album. That was yes, our last show right. in Berlin at the Velodrome. And you would have thought by then we'd have had enough, but the tour was stopping there. Anthrax and Diaries of a Hero, the support bands, were going home, but Motorhead were going off to somewhere in Eastern Europe to do a festival. And there was actual, you know what I mean? We seriously considered, should we fuck <laughs> off going home and go there as well? It was like, you know what I mean? We never wanted it to end. Yeah, it had yeah. to end because one of us would have, would have died for a certain, <laughs> um, but... Yeah, like I said, it was the greatest month of my life and it's so fucking privileged to have been able to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but I, and, and I presume, uh, you know, during that time, you must have, like, you know, bumped into the band uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, more than once. I met, I met, met Lemmy a few times. Um, I think the first time I met him was 2011, um, the tour before me and the the original drummer of Segregates went to the Wolverhampton show, which was the first show, and uh, I picked up my laminate, and I found out that um, I was getting paper guest passes as well for anybody that I was with at each show. Great! So I was able to get me and the drummer uh, backstage to meet Lemmy after the show, and we were sort of like waiting around, drinking a hip flask of whiskey after the show, and. Uh, then the door opened and Lemmy came out and it was, it was being involved in punk, right? I've met pretty much all of my sort of like musical heroes because yeah. you just fucking can. You go yes. see the UK yeah. subs and Charlie Harper is there watching every band. He'll talk to anybody. He'll sign anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Lemmy, he walked out and I audibly quite loudly said, I just sort of went, holy fucking shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, immediately felt like yeah. a dick. And Lemmy's just, obviously, Lemmy's just fucking cool as shit. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, how are you doing? And, you know, and I, I brought him a book. I went, you know, all right, Lem, uh, I've been reading this on the night shift, uh, but my night shifts are finished and I won't have a chance to finish it. So I thought you might like it. And he looked at it and he went, Ah, well, we all know how this one ends, don't we? <laughs> but yeah, it was cool as fuck. And then um, 2012, um, I took, oh no, I think it was 2011 again. I took our last to Manchester uh, to see Motorhead. And after the show, we're waiting around backstage and um, Alan Hungerford, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Alan Hungerford. 
gave me, he came out of Lemmy's dressing room and he had like this box of stuff. It was like books with Lemmy's cowboy hat on the top. And he was like, hey, Matt, carry this onto the bus for me. And I was like, fucking right. So I carried <laughs> it here onto the bus. And as I walked onto the bus, I went, I am the road crew. <laughs> <laughs> and Al Hungerford looks at me and he goes, Matt, that is the last thing you want to fucking be. <laughs> you do not want to be the road. Um, so then later on that night, we were sort of like waiting around and Al said, if you, if you knock about, you know, you can come on the bus and uh, introduce your last to Lemmy and stuff. I was like, fucking nice. So uh, I'm trying to play it cool with Sadie. Oh, last, you know what I'm saying? You know, don't worry, I'm going to, you know, I'll introduce you to Lem. I'm trying to like act like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, me cool. and, oh, cool. Me and yeah. Lem go back, you know, cool yeah. as fuck, you know. <laughs> really, you know what I mean? Fucking, he didn't know me from Adam, you know what I mean? But um, so we go, Lem goes on the bus. Al says, you know, come on. So we walk onto the bus. Lemmy stood at the top of the stairs and I went, all right, Lem, shook his hand again, trying to play it cool, play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Trig? Play it cool. And uh, I goes, all right, Lem, this is our last Sadie, right? And uh, he sort of looked over my shoulder, saw Sadie, and he went, oh, aren't you a lucky boy? And he pushed <laughs> me to one side, right? <laughs> pushed me away and yeah. fucking latched on to Sadie. Arm around her. <laughs> whispering sweet nothings in her ear and all this. And I was like, fuck's sakes, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? There's only <laughs> Lemmy that's getting away with that, you know? Yes, yes. It's, you know, so like we got a picture taken on the bus and it's like, it's there's like Lem with Sadie like this and then me yeah. just sort of like poking my head in, you know? It's yeah, you're, like, you're looking like the fifth wheel. Yeah, the third bollock, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. You know, but that just goes to show, you know what I mean? You know, Lemmy's in his fucking 60s at this point. Sadie was, what, 21, 22 or something? He was still fucking Uncle Rotter, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> if I wasn't careful, he would have driven off on that bus with Sadie, you know? And, 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 and she'd have willingly gone with him as well. Ah, whoa, whoa, calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I did say to her afterwards, I said, you know what? I almost offered you up as a sacrifice then, but <laughs> nah. you know, he, yeah, he was still, um, you know, he was still Lemmy. He was still, uh, you know, people talk about all this Lemmy is God and that. He won. He was just, a, he was a good bloke. You know what I mean? Um, but he was a fucker as well. You know what I mean? He wasn't that saying he would have taken her away from me. Easy peasy. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't blame him. <laughs> and, and, um, so when so when you wrote when you wrote the tour blog, um, yeah. you know you you mentioned a book deal there, um, yeah, and yeah. so did that ever happen? Uh, he sent me the contract and stuff. We had discussions with Alexis Grower, the Red lawyer, and it was it was going to happen. I think I got like seventy percent of it done, uh, and I sent it to Stefan Shirazi, you know, who does um, yeah uh, a lot of like the public. I don't know. He, was he, the does, he does a lot of writing and stuff for Martyr, doesn't he? Well, he's well. Stefan became Lemmy's right hand man, and you know he was the he was the yeah. first guest on first guest on the motorcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, so I sent it to Stefan like what I'd done, and he was like, "This is fucking great" or whatever. But um, because it, the plan for the book was, it, it was going to be kind of like a Hunter Thompson kind of thing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Oh um, yeah, yeah. Try trying to make it. 
like the my story, not just like saw Motorhead played this, blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. Um, got to meet, but, got to meet Lemmy today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like I got to like seventy percent of it or whatever, and um, I started, I started feeling quite like down about the whole process because I thought, um. I didn't want to put my name to something that was, um, you know, tied to Motorhead and for it to be shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I started like, you know what I mean? I, I just sort of lost lost confidence in what I was doing. So I never fucking finished it. I've still got it. And it is sort of going through my head that next year will be 10 years since I did that 2012 tour. Right. Um, so perhaps I should finish it. Um you know, uh, but that's that's the only reason it never got finished. It was literally down to myself thinking, "Fuck me, if I if I put something out and Motorhead put it out as they wanted to put it out as an official book, mm-hmm. um, I really don't want to fucking go down in history as that fucking dickhead that wrote that shit book." You know what I mean? Yeah, but trying to interject himself into the Motorhead history because nothing, none of it's to do with me. I was just lucky enough to witness quite a bit of it towards the end anyway you know but but as we as we all know now um that you know no no matter no matter how good no matter how good you good a job you do it we live in a world of opinions and there'll always be people who, who will who will you know slag anything off it's like that's what the internet's for <laughs> that's yeah, what it's sure, become yeah. that's become its purpose right. um but the truth of the matter is that you know you were there you did it and you know it's 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 your story and it's your unique view. And I guess what yeah. I'm get, what I'm getting to, you know, is on behalf of everybody listening, is is next Pull year. Next year, mate. Out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> without putting too fine a point on it, come on, man up, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and do it, do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I say, it'll be ten years next year. So if I don't yeah. do it next year, then I'm never going to do it, am I? But like yeah. I say, I could probably finish it in a couple of weeks, but. It's not really like, I don't want, you know, I don't really care about people commenting online about mm. it or whatever anybody else's opinion about it is. But as a piece of writing, I wanted it to be good for myself. Like, you right. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, sure, sure. Because you've, um, you've got to stand by that. Because once you commit it and once you put it out, it's there forever. Exactly, exactly you know. Um, so perhaps we'll see anyway. But it was the fucking greatest month of my life. I'm not kidding you. You know, yeah. having the privilege of of going in, just going, being able to go into sound checks and stuff. You know, like we yeah. were in um, the sound check in Glasgow. I remember we sort of witnessed Motorhead working out um, "Are You Ready?" the Thin Lizzy track during the sound check. They played the Thin Lizzy track "Are You Ready?" through the PA, and they were like, they're on stage listening to it, and then they just fucking played it, and then that became like the part of the set for the rest of the tour so it's like i witnessed yeah. motorhead working out a fucking song and it was like just little things like that just fucking incredible you know yeah and um you know um i think the best show well this is the other thing that i've got to say about that tour. all of the uk shows were fucking great right but i was used to it it was like yeah this is great you know they're all o2 venues kind of nice venues overpriced fucking beer blah 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 all yeah. the venues are kind of the same, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All the fans are great, um, but then you go to Europe, and it's a fucking different animal entirely. Yeah, my god, it's it fucking intense. 
the venues, like some of the venues look like old abandoned factories and stuff. Yeah, really, yeah. Really fucking weird. But the fans, my, especially in Germany, it was mental because yeah. we had, um, because we had passes and obviously we could get in before the doors opened. We, we were getting front row every night, right? Because we get in there and we fucking get the front row, get to the barrier and stay. The German fans didn't appreciate this. <laughs> the, 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 oh, the, the irony, the irony. You have literally <laughs> towels on the beach. You know, towels. <laughs> well, it was getting quite rowdy at a few of the shows because we were hanging on. And obviously the beat fans without passes that would queue up to get to the front row and they'd fucking run into the hall and see that there was a couple of fucking Yorkshire wankers already there. <laughs> and we're thinking... You know what I mean? What the fuck are you doing here? So then through the gig, you were getting all sorts of jabs in the kidneys, in the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Boots in the back and all this. It, but it was good. It made it better. It was like, German, the German fans are fucking the best fans of all time. They really, really got it. I mean, I'm not saying the UK fans didn't, but it, I think in the UK, people become a bit complacent, a bit spoiled. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. We take we take it for granted. Take it for take granted. It, you know, that's yeah. right. Um, but Germany, fucking unbelievable, man. And um, I mean, the, one of the finest moments of my life and the finest moment of, of that tour for me was Ludwigsburg. Um, we were down the front, and it was before, just after the first band, Diaries of a Hero, came off, and just before Anthrax came on. Phil Campbell and his assistant Victor came down the photo pit, right, with two trays of beers. Came down the photo pit. Obviously, everyone's a Motorhead fan, so they're all shouting for Phil. Yeah. Phil, Phil. He fucking ignored everybody and he walked down the photo pit to us and he was like, All right, boys. <laughs> I can't, my, my impression is fucking shit, but I'm going to do it anyway. Good. And he gave us the beers. He was like, Here you go. He gave us like a few beers each. We were like, fucking nice one, Phil. And he goes, right, during Mickey D's drum solo, come over the top and you can stand up by my amps for the rest of the show. And I was like, fucking nice one. Wow. Yeah. So, and, uh, oh, that was it as well. Earlier on in that gig, we'd found him. You know, he always wears the Trilby hat. We found him this, like, fucking Trilby hat in some German shop, and it was like a disco ball, like, all, like, shiny. Yeah. And we bought him that. We gave him that before the show. So anyway, he goes, oh, come over the top, join Mickey D's drum solo and come onto the side of the stage. I was like, fucking nice. During this show, I think it might have been because Phil came and gave us beers, all the fans behind us were fucking really, it was like UFC, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just yeah. like, boom, boom, boom. fucking really fucking hurting us, you know what I mean? Anyway, drum solo comes on and we're like, right, fuck this. So we go over the top. And all the, all the fans behind, they think that they've won, like they've beaten us into submission and we can't take it anymore. So we get over the top and we're like, fuck you. And we walk up onto the side of the stage and we're stood by Phil Campbell's uh, Marshall stack and we're just like this to these fucking lads. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, thought, that thought we'd pussied out and, and left. Yeah. Like, like them apples, you know. Yeah, the old but double that, middle finger, yeah. Yeah, but it was like... Uh, yeah, being on that fucking stage while they were playing, that was unbelievable. It was fucking incredible, man. Incredible. And then during Overkill, when they came, when they, you know, went to play Overkill, 
Phil went and put this fucking stupid shining hat on that we'd bought him as well. And it was like, ah, oh, man, this, you know, <laughs> it's fucking wicked. There's a couple of YouTube clips of that, of that gig. Very shaky sort of footage. But yeah. I must have watched them about a hundred times because it can. It's just like, look, I'm on the fucking stage with Motorhead. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, awesome! That, yeah, that, at, at that point, you, at that point, it's like it, it's just it's all worth it, isn't it? It's one of those moments where it's it's surreal because it's almost I I can I can imagine I've been lucky enough to have a couple of those moments and mm. it, you, you it, I don't know I don't know about you but for me you. There's there's a there's a little period where you're almost out of yourself, kind of looking yeah. at the situation from yeah. a third person point of view. Yeah, yeah. Because it's well, so I mean, surreal. It's like you know, from a from a lad that um you know fucked around and didn't bother going to see Motorhead for when for all them years when I should have been going with my kid brother, um, which I'll never forgive him for for seeing Motorhead before me. But to go from that to like. You know what I mean? Side of the stage with a laminate and stuff. It was like, how the fuck has this happened? But it was like, like because I come from punk, right? Everything's sort of DIY and you've got to like, you just make things happen. You just got to yeah. make your own look. And I think yeah. that's, that's how it works. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, getting this potential book deal or getting the tall laminates and things. Yeah. But um, yeah, that tour, man, it was fucking unbelievable. And like I say, this is another little uh, Uncle Rotter story. Um, I think it was, it might have been Ludwigsburg as well, that same gig. After the show, we're all backstage, we're drinking beers or whatever. We became like really pally with Diaries of a Hero, the, the opening band on that tour. And they would fucking share beers with us and all this, share their rider with us and whatnot. And um, I was desperate for a piss, right? fucking desperate and I could not find a toilet in the backstage area there's all these corridors I couldn't fucking find and anyway we saw Lemmy was leaving his dressing room right Lemmy and Tim Butcher they cleared it all out they were going to the bus so I thought right I can go into Lemmy's dress he's gone you know what I mean I'm not yeah. being a wanker bursting in and like all yeah. right Lemmy can I have a piss yeah yeah so I thought right I can get in there so I went through went through the dressing room then there's a door to go, that goes into like a bathroom yeah. I open the fucking door and there's a bird in there having a shower <laughs> that Lemmy's left behind. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Brilliant. So she's like, ah, like this. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I had to leave. And then I was like, oh, shit, I still need a fucking piece. You know? But it was like, you know what I mean? Lemmy leaves his dressing room. You think, oh, it's all safe to go in. And there's some yeah. lass in there having a shower. And you think, fuck's sake, Lemmy. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's all, like, empty bottles of Jack and like Marlboro fags everywhere and stuff. And then some yeah. like some miscellaneous woman naked in the shower. <laughs> and, and you know what? That is that that's the mothead dressing room the yeah. dis description that you want to hear, isn't it? Really? Oh, it was wicked. I remember one night Phil Campbell had this thing outside his dressing room. It said um it, it was like an appointment sheet, and you had to put your name down. So from <laughs> From it, it was called. Uh, it was like ask ask Axsmith. That's what it was called. And he was doing like personal counselling sessions in the toilet of his dressing room. <laughs> so you had to put your name down, and he'd call you in like a doctor, and yeah. you have to go tell him about all your like. What did it say? Um, come and discuss. Um, what was it? Uh, your cases of adultery, 
um, uh, erectile dysfunction and all this sort of stuff with Dr. Phil. It's yeah. fucking wicked, you know what I mean? The, the, but this is it. Being in a band yourself, you know the kind of the kind of stuff that you do to relieve the tedium of being on the road, and that describes it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing that the road crew did to try and relieve the tedium a little bit. One of the guys that I did this tour with, The Pest, he was called The Pest by Phil Campbell because he was always <laughs> pestering him. So he goes, you're the fucking pest, you. So um, anyway, we were with him. He did the full tour with us. And um, he he took a banana from the uh, uh, catering place backstage or whatever, right? And he took this banana. No one was really bothered, but the road crew was kind of like winding him up. Whoa, you didn't ask for that banana. You didn't ask for that. Yeah. So yeah. then from then on, every night, every night during sound check, they'd be on the stage and they'd go like this banana shape, right? Yeah. Doing this banana sign to him. And after the show, they were chasing around with a banana, trying to <laughs> penetrate him. They were going, we're going to stick this banana up your ass. So every night he had to avoid getting a bugger in from a banana. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that is absolutely awesome, brilliant. That's brilliant. Incredible. And, and I tell you what, it must have been it must have been a real a real come down at the end of the tour. The drive because the thing is when you when you're driving from gig to gig, you're knackered, you're hungover, it's bizarre journeys and all the rest of it. But yeah. there's a there's 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 gold at the end of the rainbow. There's a motorhead gig, and that journey home is oh. like there's there's no adrenaline. There is just like the come downs already starting. Uh, after a, one month on the piss, I'm yeah. not kidding you, and eating the worst food imaginable, having no sleep, having your head kicked in by motorhead every night. <laughs> we had to drive from Berlin, right? And we live in fucking Yorkshire. Yeah. And at the, at the next morning after that Berlin gig, we were like, right, we're in Berlin. Fucking hell. <laughs> we need to get home. Yeah. What are we doing? But stupidly, me and Elliot, the the original guitarist of Segregates that was with me, we um he was he did most of the driving. I was in no fucking fit state, and um we got to like got got into Belgium and we saw uh, Bruges signs for Bruges right, and I went oh I've seen that film in Bruges. Do you think we should stop in Bruges? Because uh, our boat's not till the next morning, right? So yeah. Like, yeah, we should stop over in Bruges. So we stopped in Bruges. We got fucking steaming drunk. Yeah. Had a massive argument and slept in <laughs> and very almost missed the fucking boat home. Yeah. Um, and then when we got back to uh, London, we had to drop this fucking van off. My God, the van was fucked. It had been crashed. Um, it had a TV in the back, which got kicked kicked in. It was all smashed to bits. It was fucked. It was all scraped. It was It was fucked. We got, I think we got charged 1500 quid damages to, to the van. Wow. You know I mean? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, on top of everything else. Yeah. There was a lot of money spent on that tour. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But like I say, I wouldn't change it for the fucking world. We, we tried to do it again in 2013. We booked, I think the first show is in Zurich, right? Yeah. We booked the planes to Zurich. We had hotels in Zurich. We had hotels in Paris for the following gig, train fare to Paris, and then we were going to go from there. Motorhead cancelled the fucking tour. Oh, right? no. Lemmy was not ill. Well, Lemmy was ill. Yeah. So 
but we we booked our stuff so we thought oh fuck it we'll go we'll do a motorhead tour even if they won't so, <laughs> and that was the biggest <laughs> that was fucking shit that was a stupid idea yeah it was like flew into zurich right i'll get the i'll get the beers in right it's like 30 quid for three beers i thought what are we doing here you know what yes. I mean? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah not good um but no, that 2012 tour, it was just fucking unreal, man. Just fucking unreal. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It, I'm not kidding you. It was the greatest month of my life. It will never, ever be topped. Obviously, I've, I've got a little boy now, um, and that was obviously a wicked moment. But, you know, fucking hell, man. Motorhead for a month. Yeah, yeah. You don't get any better than that. No. You really don't get any better than that. And when no, Lemmy no. died, you know, it, it really, it, it's it's the end of a fucking era of true rock and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no offence yeah. to Dave Grohl and that, but when Dave Grohl is considered like the rock and roll hero of this generation or what, you just think, come on, man, really? <laughs> yeah, you know I, mean? I, 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 I can see that. I can see that. And and it's, um, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's an incredible journey that you went on. And... Um, and I tell you what, I tell you what, mate. Like, firstly, thanks for thanks for sharing all of that. It's it's been an absolute blast. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do you a deal, okay? And that right. deal is, I'm a man of my word. If you finish the book, we'll we'll get you back on here to talk about it, and right. everybody can find out how to get hold of it and everything else. All right. All right. Well. Um... No. No pressure, but also <laughs> pressure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I say, 10 years. I mean, thankfully, I, I record, I took a dictaphone and stuff and I recorded a lot of stuff and um, I've got a lot of notes. And, oh, and even though I was leathered for most of it, I can actually remember a lot of it. It sticks with you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're um, once in a lifetime memories, aren't they? Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I'll never forget it. I mean, my last, you know, my last, Motorhead show was 2014 in Birmingham. And um, by this point, Lemmy was like, you know what I mean, becoming pretty unwell. I, you know, yeah. And the show wasn't particularly good, you know, it, it wasn't good. And I remember, you know, I remember watching it and thinking, this is it. This is the last one for me, I think. Because since that, since the high of doing, most of 2011 and all of 2012, that was like to see Lemmy in such a state as he was in 2014, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty sad. And uh, then they brought out Phil, uh, Filthy Animal, and Fast Eddie, and it was like the last time those three were on stage together. Wow! Filthy Animal didn't play, Fast Eddie played Ace of Spades with them, but yeah. I was like, this is it. You know what I mean? this is a perfect way to just sort of like adios. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know I, I didn't go again. I never, never saw him again, but it was so fucking sad, mate. You know, getting yeah. the train to come yeah. home the next day. It's like, I'm never, never ever going to experience that ever again. Ne you know, Motorhead's done. And yeah. obviously they weren't, they continued for a bit longer, but to me, I, you know what I mean? You could fucking almost taste the end. Yes. It was so yeah. sad. So yeah. sad. I'd been off when Lemmy died, the night that he died, um, I got a phone call from Tim Atkinson from uh, from Leader of Down, right? Which was the band that he formed with Wurzel. Right. Um, just before Wurzel died. 
And he phoned me up and he goes, uh, Lem's gone, mate. You know what I mean? Oh. Was, fucking hell. And I'd been off the... I hadn't had a drink for like two months. I was having like uh, some problems or whatever. Uh, and I couldn't help it. I went on some fucking crazy bender. But it, it was like one of the saddest, saddest things to ever happen to me um, when Lemmy died for, you know, considering that I didn't really fucking know. It. You know what I mean? I spoke yeah. to him, you know, a handful of times. He didn't really know me. Uh, but w- once he was gone, it was fucking terrible. You know, I just thought, yeah. what the, what's going on? So now uh, we play our brand of motor-punk rock and roll and uh, try and keep a little bit of that spirit alive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, to and, all, and by, by the way, to all those people that are listening, which might may then go look at Segregate's videos or whatever and say, oh, you're motorhead clones. Well done, Columbo. Yes, we fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Matt. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the Motorcast. That's, right, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. Adios. Well, I hope you had as much fun listening to that as I did doing it. And you could tell that I was enjoying it, couldn't you? We uh, we really did get on with some, gr- some great stories there. Um, a, a really, really cool perspective. And and Smell is one of those people that um, you know. Once we started talking, it, we we could have we could have been there for hours, frankly. So do try and check Segregates out. Segregates.co.uk is the website. Don't forget to subscribe to the Motorcast in case you haven't already, and just keep supporting this wonderful, wonderful band, which is now a movement. Yeah, okay, so the band's not with us anymore, but it's still it is a movement. I kind of feel that we're we're all keeping the Motorhead legend alive here and hopefully expanding on it as well. So wherever you are, wherever this finds you, I hope it finds you well. I hope you've had a good year. I hope you and your family are all well. From all of us here at the Motorcast, take care and I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. I don't say agreed. The only card I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.